Well, hey, folks. Welcome. Well, here we are, the Not Necessarily Mad podcast, with me, Eric Collinsworth, and G.B. Meyer. So thanks for joining us. This is our final podcast of our first season. GB and I are going to talk a bit about our production break and our plans to keep up some content, some podcast specials and such, going through the next little bit while we start working on our next season. And then we talk cartoons, just because. So let's get right to it. Well, hey, GB. Hey, Eric. How's it going? You know, not too bad, man. Uh, I think we're finally figuring, like, the water level for our new normal. Yeah. It, it, it seems everything's sort of gotten into its own pace and its own groove. And, you know, I'm, uh, stuff is picking up for sure, which is kind of nice. But it's it's also, you know, still trying to figure out how we operate in this world at this point. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, I do. I think we're, we're a solid and very, uh, a very uh, full six months into uh, this being a reality and getting used to it and trying to adapt to it. And, um, right. and you know what, uh, gotta say, I maybe feel a little bit better, even, even though some things are hard, maybe some of that initial shock is gone. And, uh, there's, yeah, I think, I think, I, yeah, I think that's the best way to put it. It's like, it's not that we've become numb to the, to the situation that goes on around us, but it's just like, okay, I get it. This is, this is how it works now. Yeah. This is how it works, and uh, and stay limber because um, there's probably more excitement to come. But you know what? You <laughs> you got this far, and you're going to be all right. Yeah, exactly. Which which kind of brings us to our next topic. And and when you and I first started talking about the podcast, mm-hmm. um, we we had, you know we had zero idea of what we were doing I'll, I'll be i'll be straight up honest with you we when we first started talking about this i was like yeah that'll be cool let's try it and then what we found out is we really enjoy doing this whether whether you, if you think the product's good or not we're we're having a blast <laughs> and and it, it seems like a couple of folks that have, have been contacting me about it you know reaching out through our facebook page and whatnot that really enjoy some of the things that we've got going on and um as as you and I have built built this podcast out, we we realized that you know we were ambitious. Sure. And and um, we're we're on episode twenty one tonight, which is which is a, a feather in our cap, I think. <laughs> yeah. Know, knowing that this was a this was a weekly situation, and uh, we're both Greg and I are feeling a bit like this is a good time for us to take a little bit of a break, call the end of a season for us. Uh, with with the podcast and um, we're still going to be putting some stuff out there over the holiday season but what what we're looking at doing is maybe a couple of uh, my musical friends coming in and doing interviews with us you know here and there Greg Greg and I touching base over the next couple of months and then really coming out at in 2021 with uh, with a new new string episode yeah you know the uh, the excitement of doing this has really been at least part and parcel trying something new and being willing to take a risk and do it out loud 
it's felt right. like a time to take a risk and just say, you know what, you know, hi, Eric and GB on the phone with you. We don't really know exactly how this works, but we're going to try. We're going right. to we're going to figure out what we want to talk about. We're going to figure out how to keep it spontaneous. We're going to figure out Greg's persistent audio and mic problems. <laughs> um, right. But, you know, uh, you know, the, doing that process and listening to these episodes sort of in review. I mean, it's it's a. Um, it's a nice, uh, it's a nice catalog of going from scratch and saying, okay, well, what happens if we try this? And, exactly. and it's been yeah. a lot of fun and I'm really looking forward to, um, your ideas for what you can do over the next couple of months, uh, with getting some of your friends, uh, well, online. Yeah one, yeah. one of the things that, uh, we're, we're planning on having is, uh, a, a sort of a group discussion with the guys from flat five, uh, much like the, the. The, the episode that Matt and I did early on, uh, just getting their thoughts and ideas on 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 being musicians and and some of the things that that go on in a musician's mind, kind of idea. Um, a couple of other friends of mine that have 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 graciously agreed to come and talk to us. We're just trying to work out time, so that you know we'll we'll have a couple of things to to drop in on you. So you know. Um when we come back, maybe to a uh, an episodic lineup, you know, at the start of uh, I hope at the start of twenty twenty one, we'll have some ideas and maybe have an opportunity to figure out some uh, something like on a regular schedule. But maybe we'll have some new stuff that we're thinking through on the way too. So much of this has been, you know, figuring it out out loud on the fly, on the fly yeah, and doing exactly. it, you know, with with whomever wants to drop in and listen to us talk. Yeah, exactly, and and that's. Uh that's how we arrived at our last episode of this series right uh, or season one if you want to call it that um we have had this idea i guess going on what four or five of our last meetings that we talk about these things phone calls i I don't want to call them meetings yeah easily yeah Uh, (laughs) but um but this idea of you know we're we're both we're both of the same age and we both grew up in front of the TV watching the same stuff. And I, I was always, I've been curious because it, it was so much a part of my life growing up, the cartoon world. Yeah. So without really much discussion, we just said, let's do this. And so here it is. We're going to do, uh, our cliched Mount Rushmore, the Mount Rushmore, Rushmore of, of, of the of cartoons from the TV world, plus a bonus one movie. Yeah. So four cartoons from the TV world, one movie, and go. All right. So I'm going to kick us off with. Uh, should I just give you uh, the one? We'll start it off here. Yeah. Let, let, I, let's alternate. Okay. Give me and 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 in no particular order. I'm not saying any of these are yes. my number one choice because that that discussion and that kind of brain power <laughs> me at this point. So I'll begin with just uh, with uh, a comment that the ones that I picked all really fall within a time window of the 90s and i was already a already a grown adult but but you know <laughs> okay yeah in a in a technical or literal sense um but i also know that these um these are built on the idea of hey you know i grew up watching these uh, watching cartoons on tv and now they're making them for adults and that's probably part of the charm the first one is ren and stimpy 
dude yes <laughs> that's not on my list but yes should be <laughs> um Ren and Stimpy for a brief period, you know, this is of course before, um, you know, before uh, any kind of recording other than a VCR that you would program or just hit record on the tape, uh, yep. you know, knowing when it was going to be on, particularly at Nickelodeon and having being around a cable television and being there for when it would come on, which was at s sometimes kind of sporadic, but often I think on a Saturday night. Saturday nights, and for whatever reason, because I was I was a I was a stemphead. I I like Ren and Stimpy. Uh, Sunday mornings before church. Ah, yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, good memory. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So you know that uh, my reason for picking it was you know in addition to just these characters with the most absurd voices that I still you know that still crack me up, and some of the lines, and along with some of the absurdity like um, you know powdered toast man and log, <laughs> log. Yeah, yeah. It's it's really hard to describe just exactly how um, particular and absurd and um, if I could even use the word trippy this was and there was nothing else like this there, there's nothing uh, space madness is one of the trippiest <laughs> episodes of any cartoon i've ever seen in my life. It, it, i i think why i th i feel with you the same way that is a, that i think was a watershed moment because from that you really get the i mean i know the simpsons uh, simpsons have been around forever and and you know, a tip of the hat to them. They should be on Rushmore no matter what at this point, <laughs> just for for longevity. You know, right? And and was it like thirty five seasons now or something silly like that? I, can't, I don't remember. But anyway, <laughs> um, but that Ren and Stimpy, it was a way that the envelope would had been pushed that wouldn't necessarily have been pushed any other time. Agreed, and I think that. They, uh, by making that push, ended up with the uh, some of these others that are on the list because it opened up an, a whole idea before any kind of cartoon planet um, that you could create something that was animated but for adults and a little bit edgy and, and off color or even, you know, um, out there. Right on. So what I do like you it. got? Um, I'm going to go with a classic. All right. And and there's sort of a theme to most of uh, to three of the four of mine. Um, I'm I'm gonna go with Johnny Quest, not the reboot, the original like 1964, 65, 66 ish time. I think it was that that, that time frame. So I think it's 66, 68, that time frame maybe. But anyway, um, just a cartoon that wasn't about laughs intrigued me. Yeah, and it was it was funny the what the reason I got into it was we spent a lot of time at my, um, my dad's sister's house, my aunt, um, in the summertime because we were up visiting my grandmother and there was more room at her place than at my grandmother's. And she lived on a farm and had no TV reception except for one channel that would come through on Sunday mornings from North Carolina somewhere. And they would have Johnny quest going. <laughs> so it was like, Oh my God, there's a cartoon on Sunday holy crap and it turned out that it was good you know um it, campy 60s campy but i think what what got me about it was the use of the music that that they used the hanna-barbera band whatever you call it <laughs> um they they really it wasn't just sloppily done thrown in there for effect it was it was used for effect it was it there was a there was a there was a reason for it 
and it's truly it's it's a fun piece too the the big band that i play with in roanoke the sway cats we actually have that chart of the theme and it it is ah. it's fun it's, it's funny we put it on the stand to read one night i don't know a couple of years ago mm-hmm. and everybody goes is this what i think it is and we started playing it and you you never saw a bunch of middle-aged men grin so much ah. When when we tore into it and it sounded like it sounded like the beginning of the cartoon that old and it 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 it's a nostalgic fun thing but it's also man it's it's some serious music and it, it, it's just cool but anyway that that cartoon for me was sort of like it it opened my eyes to the musical capabilities of of that art form. Wow, that is a. I didn't see, I say this sometimes, but I didn't see that one coming, but it, it makes sense as I hear you talking about it. I've been listening listening intently because this is the first time I've heard that and I hadn't even considered that. Right. Um, okay. Yeah. Actually, I haven't even thought of Johnny Quest and I don't know how long and I didn't see any of the reboot. Um, yeah, the reboot was awful. <laughs> I tried to watch it. It's just like, oh. Yeah, yeah. You're like, uh, yeah, well. But but then again, I mean, the original was so full of of things now that would not be allowed on TV as far as uh, it's dealing with different races and creeds and and ethnic ethnic folks of all all kinds. And, and it's 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 kind of sad to to say that you know it'll never be seen on 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 a TV again. I don't think you know broadcast wise or cable wise. But you know we'll, we'll find it in in the YouTubes of the world and whatnot. Yeah. Well, today's attempt at, at edgy will always be tomorrow's cringy. So yeah, it, it, exactly. And, and yeah, but the, uh, but that was a big part of, of, of actually of my musical growth was like, Oh, that's cool. You can do that with cartoons. Wow. Okay. <laughs> so what's your, what's your second? Well, so speaking of musical uh, growth and cartoons, um, I don't know if I necessarily grew from it, but I was entertained by it. And that was the use of the music video inside of a cartoon called Beavis and Butthead. Yes. Yes. Again, you know, just a, a, a simple cartoon, but man, did it have an impact. So, well, Mike Judge was certainly just just getting started as a, uh, as a satirical commentator on... Uh, you know, on, on the America that we live in. And by beginning with these couple of uh, slacker teens and, you know, the fact that they're, I, I, I would say, even below Dumb and Dumber, uh, you know, but all they do is watch uh, music videos and the comments that they make on them and some of the barbs that are inside of those comments. And the music was always a really good selection. It was good videos, too. And it was, yeah. it, um, but nothing had been done like it, much like, you know, with Ren and Snippy. And uh, anyway, I remember the first time I saw it, I, it was much like the first time I saw Ren and Snippy, where I'm like, what exactly am I watching right now? What is this? You know, stumbled upon it. And uh, it's, it's unfortunate that, um, you know, as, as time went by, it was, it was harder to catch up, with, uh, catch up with that as a series or syndicate it because there was so much of that music content, so much of that music video content that's copyrighted that couldn't be redistributed, et cetera. Right. And, and you know, that's one of those things where you get, you know, I, I remember seeing them on, what was it, Liquid TV? Yeah, li- yeah Liquid TV. Which, which never mind ah. um but it it frog baseball and that's all anybody talked about the next day frog baseball 
and it went from from that to the the very formulaic Beavis and Butthead of dumb jokes, potty humor. Not that I'm saying it's not <laughs> entertaining. I enjoyed it a great deal, but it was like it's it's not highbrow jokes. I mean, there was there was a lot of double meaning and un, and underneath and 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 stuff like that. And I get it. It wasn't it wasn't a stupid show. It was a very intelligent show. But the 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 first layer of jokes are always a little bit. Uh. <laughs> yeah. And then they and then they got into the 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 third and fourth season, and then all of a sudden they have a movie, and and I think it lost a little bit once once it got that kind of fame it's like was it really as as earth-shattering as it was when it first came out i you know what i not only agree with that i even think that um possibly with the exception of ren and stimpy the um the other three that i've listed i were probably all better and and cooler uh when they were in their in their edgy arrival than in their later explorations um uh, but you know that's the way of you know such a a, a cool um, a cool idea being presented out there. You know is uh, how to keep that um, how to keep that interesting and keep it edgy, but also um, you know not run out of steam or even or even hang a weird you know weird tangent. Again, you know, which is so amazing about the Simpsons is they just keep plugging away and going and going and going and going and going and it doesn't seem to lose its edge i mean i think it has from its beginnings don't get me wrong and uh, sure and it's but you know you think about it i'm teaching kids in college that have never known a life without the simpsons yeah, I mean that's, uh, yeah, uh, you know the uh, the even the ex- exclamation of dough, you know we, it, there was an America it, before it. Yeah, exactly, and there was there were there were catchphrases, but that one is, I think that one's one that will will remain in the lexicon, as they say. Yeah, yeah, I think so too. What else do you got, Eric? All right, so mine kind of is, um, it's a broad swath. Okay. Uh, because of who and what they are and that's the warner brother cartoons and i I put it under the umbrella of the warner brothers because not only you know you and i growing up we we saw all the bugs bunny cartoons because they were run in repeat after school (laughs) right right and then there there was the warner brothers hour growing up um uh, the bugs bunny roadrunner show i think is what it was called Mm -hmm. And and that was an every Saturday morning thing. So I mean, they again, they're part of the the lexicon of culture. Everybody gets the wily e. coyote falling after he's flipped the sign twice in midair. And, you know, <laughs> yeah, having having stayed there for a couple of seconds and then zip, he's gone. You know that that or or the tunnel paintings. Sure. You know that has become part of sight gags that everybody recognizes, and it and it, it drives itself from that. But it also crosses over to a show. I guess it was the mid nineties, mm-hmm. um, the Animaniacs. Oh yeah, which was a which was a, a stylized reboot of that Warner Brothers idea, and much like Ren and Stimpy, but in a in a um, a smoother, more packaged way. They were writing cartoon jokes for adults that could be shown to children right which which is which was 
a carryover from the original Warner Brothers stuff. I mean, that stuff is not kid friendly. <laughs> you know, the Bugs Bunny stuff. It was written for adults by adults. You know, and I, I think we lose track of that with some of those old classic things that you know the, the kitty shows. No, they were pretty pretty tight adult things. But again, and and this this is the beginning of the tie together. It's it's always been the music with those because if you think about it, the first time that we're introduced as kids to classical music it's the warner brother cartoons right absolutely uh you know and i i know that over the course of the maybe the late 80s even till present day there have been any number of outdoor theaters whether it's merriweather or whether it's out in california at the hollywood pavilion where they've you know put on um screenings with the full orchestra uh, yes, right. I, I've taken part in in one of those before, and it is exciting because you're it, there. Ain't no going back, and and you have to nail it time wise, and it is the most fun. It, it really is. <laughs> it's, it's one of the great. It's it's one of the great things that I've done in an orchestra is play in a in a Warner Brothers show like that. Yeah, I, I'm laughing because you know, Eric, I. I you know, I, I'm always impressed with the the fact that you're going to gig here and gig there, and you know what? If you can make uh, some gas money and a meal, at least that's a start. You know, yeah. and I'm laughing because I'm thinking this is actually something you would probably pay to make sure you got to play at. So, I, I didn't make a lot of money. Might have <laughs> broke even. No, uh, no, this was. Uh, it, I think it was. It, no, it was. A, it was a well paid gig. Yeah. Oh, good. That's <laughs> yeah. good. So, yeah. I mean, you win twice, bro. Yeah, exactly. But it, it, it's one of those things, again, it's like, I, I, you, you know, whether we meant it to or not, you know, you know, Wagner opera because of Bugs Bunny, you know, the Barber of Seville. Yeah, um, and, right. And, you know, um, uh, I know, um, I know a bit of um, Tchaikovsky and that I don't care for it. Yeah, exactly. Right, but that I know what it is, right? Yeah, yeah, exactly. And it all comes from that introduction. Plus, you know, the as a, as an animated as an animated product, especially those those forties and fifties, those are are so well done and well drawn as well that they you know they set a standard that we're basing everything else on. I mean, everybody is still basing everything they do on Walt Disney and the Warner Brothers cartoons. You know. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, that's true. That I mean, that still is that it still is the model. And every now and then, you'll have something that kind of um, will do something new and inventive. And before you know it, that becomes a bit of standard in, in new animation or canon too. Exactly. Well, I mean, the whole the, the whole idea of anime now, anime, you know, that that art form itself has has made its way to you know normalized Western cartooning. Yeah, I was thinking. I was thinking of an example in my uh, in my my next contribution, which would be Family Guy. Um, yeah, <laughs> you're picking some great shows, man. Uh, I feel kind of lame. Oh, I'm what, going old really? school. Yeah. So, um, so my reason for saying Family Guy is, uh, first of all, the characters in in this, and you know, the, uh, Seth MacFarlane's very broad sense of these very specific characters, how he does both at the same time, is just incredible but i saw a clip of him on some interview program in in england in london mm -hmm. britain england wherever <laughs> over there and he does a complete conversation between two of the characters sitting on the couch 
And it's the most amazing thing to watch how he goes through that, and it, it's so much fun. Well, his uh, uh, yeah, the guy the guy is a character slash voice genius, but his uh, his sense of doing Brian the dog and and then Stewie, of course. Yeah, I mean, it's hard not to be captivated by this, you know, Rex Harrison talking, you know, uh, <laughs> sociopathic infant. Um, what are you doing, Brian? I mean, every who whip, who whip. Everyone likes Stewie, right? Whip. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, so, but then you you also include the idea of of the cutaways that they do. They, you know, th- there are so many gags with them just doing a quick cutaway on top of something that's said. And 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 they, I read an article one time. They said that that was originally for filler because they they couldn't stretch the story out long enough, and they just decided that it it worked so well that they were going to make it part of their their formula. Right, which which goes to prove you don't know when you're experimenting or you're trying to just solve a problem that you're not actually going to strike gold. You know, which is exactly you know, which is why you, you know sh- we should all follow the Bill Murray rule of just stay relaxed. You know, the more relaxed you are, the better you're going to be. Exactly. So anyways, I think that Family Guy set a bit of a new standard with their cutaway. You see it in other cartoons that are not necessarily in the the McFarlane uh, uh, grouping. Um, You know, and I think that to your point earlier, I mean, I haven't seen Family Guy in a while. I know that some of its uh, early edginess, even as it was on air, off air and all of that. drama that it went through uh it it maintained it for a considerable amount of time um i I think that you know there's the brian dying and then coming back and whatever else it's just yeah yeah. it 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 has all the smell of jumping the shark one too many times (laughs) yeah it kind of got there but it it still holds a very fond uh fond place for me um yeah I, i will still still sit down and watch episode or two if it's on i mean it's 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 so funny so well written i mean the humor in it is just really really and i think of the three that i've named the other two have um you know have either been uh, slightly psycho or you know maybe a little bit absurd but this one's this one's really my first entry in the catalog of uh subversive you know um family guy family guy was i think the first to put their toe in the water of oh yeah we're going to be controversial yes we're going to say that well you know what are you going to do and uh, I don't think I don't think I need to go into any examples. I mean, if we've seen any one of us has seen more than a couple of episodes, we've seen them decide that they're going to shock or offend. So, bag of weed, bag of weed. <laughs> everybody needs a bag of weed. I, I remember when that came out, and everybody was, "Did you see what they did?" <laughs> yes, yes, I did. yes, I did. And it was hilarious. All right, so I'm going to follow up with with yet another classic throwback, okay. and it and. I'm I'm going to be so stinking honest with you about this one. It's all about the music on this. Okay, one. all right. Because the, the animation is what it is. Uh, the wholesomeness and the um, uh, I guess the cliche of it now, but it wasn't cliche to start with because it was one of the first to do it. But it's the the Charlie Brown Christmas special. Oh, wow! And, and I always enjoyed the time of year and. You know, I'll make it to Thanksgiving maybe before the Charlie Brown Christmas music starts for me. Um, but that, you know, again, you know, I look back on it. That was my first introduction to really to jazz as as a as an art form. As as a young kid watching this, and and you know, we would get excited because oh, it's a cartoon in the middle of the week, 
at night. Right. Yeah. Everybody gets to watch. And so, you know, you're watching it because of that. And we would watch all those. I mean, correct me if I'm wrong, but the, the Frosty, the Rudolphs, all those Baskin, rant, was it Rank Baskin? Yeah. Uh, uh, stop action, mm-hmm. stop motion things and the, and the subsequent cartoons that went along with them. Yeah, they're bad. I, I tried to watch those as an adult one time, and I'm just like, oh, my God, we got so excited about that. And then I was like, well, I need to watch the Peanuts one time just to make sure. No, it's bad, too. So now I just listen to the CD or just, you know, on, on the computer, just listen to the music. I don't watch the, the program itself. But I think it deserves to be up there because it was one of those first situations where you had a cartoon that was specifically written for TV by TV executives. Mm-hmm with an artist that was well-respected like that. And their only plan was to do a Christmas special. It wasn't, they were trying to do like a weekly broadcast thing or a Saturday morning show that would last the season or whatever. This was a one-time shot. We're going to do this and we're going to just show it every year again and again and again and again. If, if that was a plan, I don't even know if that was a plan, but that's what I don't know. But I, you know, I'm thinking while you're talking and I don't know that this is true, but you know, uh, everyone's got the Google machine. They can look it up. But I'm pretty sure that the the, the direction of using the jazz uh, soundtrack was from Charles Schultz himself, that he absolutely wanted to have that as part of the yes. creative. Do, do I remember that right? That is. He, he, and, and I don't know if he, re, if, uh, if he requested the gentleman that wrote the music specifically or not, but it, it, it's so entrenched now that you cannot, you cannot think about Charlie Brown, Snoopy, or any of those characters without hearing uh, that music. I, th- I think it's a you know a, at least a single introduction to jazz for an entire generation of kids. Multiple generations, yeah, because there's st- it's still shown every. Oh yeah, somewhere. right. I mean now now it's more it's it's on the um, uh, the Family Channel or or the ones that are, are have a more uh, Christian bent, mm-hmm. I, I guess because of of it being. I mean it was. I mean, they're reading out of the Bible, for crying out loud. Linus's last solilo- soliloquy is basically the Bible mm-hmm. version of the birth of Christ, which I'm not I'm not hammering on that, but just today that's not going to fly on network TV. No, and so it's first 20 years, though, on broadcast TV. That's, you know, that's 20 years of kids, you know, hearing the same jazz soundtrack. Yeah, exactly. And, uh, exactly. and you know, and, I, 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 I won't kid you. You know what? I think it, it would probably be the same for me. I had uh, – we talked about it before – uh, I, you know, I had a, some limited exposure to become a, a musical omnivore. I had to seek things out. So that was a, that was a first for me too. Yeah. And it's good too. I mean, it's not bad stuff. All right. So you're number four. Number four. So speaking of subversive, I mean, I've got to just go ahead and, and, uh, and, and complete it. And that's, uh, South Park, um, and South Park's not on everybody's list, but I think it just kind of landed in a particular time. Um, well, again, it's one of those that has longevity as far as something like this goes. I mean. <laughs> yeah, uh, they have. I I have always admired the fact that they are willing to um, be universally offensive, but not necessarily, um, you know, not necessarily without a point. 
Um, exactly. And I do know also that they try stuff. They even have even have tried moving away from like you know seasons that never had any kind of plot arc to introducing a little bit more. For a long time, the only plot arc they had was every episode Kenny would be killed. Die. Yeah. You know. Oh my God, they killed. Right. Yeah. And yeah, and uh, like that one, I think is is one of the few. I really think this because I was I was I was into South Park for a while and then it waned and then if I catch it on I'll watch. Uh huh. But it was one of those situations like at the beginning it was clever for what it was and what they were doing, and then it got better. Like seasons three and four mm-hmm. got so much better. The writing was better. the The story arc was there. Yeah. There was more of an investment of of the characters or in the characters which made everything else so much more funny (laughs) and it gave them room to start introducing uh more characters that were um you know just on the periphery and some of those are some of the best ones big gay al yeah (laughs) big gay al's wonderful (laughs) well done exactly yeah and but he you didn't need to see him every episode but he would make his appearance every once in a while. You're like, oh, big gay owl. That's, so that's a great character. I don't want to see a lot of him, but that's a great character. That's right. Um, how about you? Uh, what completes your, your fourth on your Mount Rushmore? Uh, okay, so, fi- so finally I'm going to get into some of the uh, more modern, even though these are both old, a bit older now. Mm-hmm. But I, I, I link them with the, with the Slash because I think they are born of the same same ideas and the same form although one lent itself more to subversive comedy as opposed to elevating the art form of the absurd okay okay and that's liquid television and robot chicken Mm, mm -hmm. um and i was into liquid tv when it first came out you know when mtv did cool stuff yeah and um uh ian flux came out of that Ian flux Um, right yeah, Beavis and Butthead were on that. That's where they got their start was Liquid TV. That, that's true. It is. Yeah, and so that 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 kind of it was less about the comedic value of the absurd and more about just the absurd. I never laughed at an episode of Liquid Television, but it always always made me think. So, in a time you know long before anything like YouTube, the idea of being offered this you know, collage of different collage. That's a great, I was trying to figure out a way to, exp- yeah. to, to express that. That's a great, great way. So, to I mean, there would, there would be some, uh, some very, very interesting, very interesting shifts inside of it. Like one minute you'd be watching something a little bit like, what is this? It's kind of mysterious. It's kind of dark. It's weird. That, and then you'd get, and then you get the French cartoon. Right. Or, uh, I remember seeing, uh, Danny Elfman's don't go in the basement and it was animated with this little frog singing and it was pretty psychedelic. Um, anyway, you know, I, it's, yeah. it, it has stuck with me. Winter steel was, a uh, uh, animated puppets. Kind oh my God. Of, yeah. I remember this. Yes. Yeah. 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 I'm going to do a wheelie on your face till you die screaming, you son of a bitch. No one runs out of my kind of love. <laughs> yeah, see, absurdity for the for the absurd. Right. I, you know, I don't think, that, I mean, it was, there was no deep thought into the, the secondary ideas of it, I don't think. I mean, yes, there was. But, I mean, the absurdity was the absurdity. Yeah, I think that, um, 
And so, you know what, don't quote me on this, but I think that one of the executive producers or one of the original creators behind it was Alex Winter, who is, um, um, I guess, Bill in Bill and Ted. Oh, right, right, right. And, right. Yeah, and yeah. Uh, you know, he also, um, uh, he did a movie around 93 called Freaked. And, um, and that's got its own, if you will, like cult following, but he, he, he's he's got it he has sort of a he's got an edgy and out there sense of humor so i'm not i wouldn't be surprised if, if i'm remembering this right but right but yeah that was a great show um and you know what robot chicken is something i've known about but i've actually never watched you should you should watch it it's a it's a again it's a just a montage-ish type show and it's real quick clips of stuff and different different styles of animation different things and there are some things that are are in that same ilk of of liquid tv of just being absurd for the for the absurdity of it and then other things that are are pure satire and some of it's just jokes <laughs> <laughs> you know yeah and they're and they're and they're, but all tinged with a darkness to mm-hmm. them and and a, you know again it's it's these shows that push the envelopes that I kind of dig. Yeah. You know, when it comes to the to the adult oriented cartoon. Yeah. For uh for the the movies, I got to tell you something. I want to take something out of your playbook here. Okay. Um, uh, it took me a minute before we got on the call. I'm like, which one of these do I want to pick? And uh, <laughs> so my runner-up had a lot of music in it, but the one that I ended up picking had a lot to do also with the music. And that's a fairly recent film, and it's called Coco. And um, if you haven't seen it, it's you know in a you know very realistic style of computer animation, um, and okay. its its theme is sort of the Mexican Day of the Dead, but it's just yes, yes, absolutely, yes, yes. No, no, absolutely yeah. spectacular. And not seen it, but I've heard a lot of good things about yeah, it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's um, it's really something to behold. And I actually happen to take a couple of kids that I'm really, um, uh, I'll call them godchildren, uh, that. Uh, to, to the movies and it was a real treat for them and I, I thought okay this will be a cool way to pass some time I had no idea just exactly how beautiful this movie was going to be literally beautiful but you know and, and that's not something unusual for like what I would consider the modern animation the, all the all the CG animation yeah you know with Toy Story and Cars they're they're really really well done I mean, they're beautifully done. Uh, they didn't pull it out any stops on the budgeting. I think that there's a lot of uh, a lot of superlatives around. I, I think you know, um, number of uh, points of light illustrated and number of uh, processors required or whatever. Yeah, yeah, you yeah. know, uh, I think they partnered with Cordoba Guitars to make sure that they had the uh, you know the the Coco styled uh, Spanish guitar, you know, with decorations from the movie. Um, which they did an attractive job with, but yep. the music throughout, including the uh, the title track about "Remember Me," I mean, is um, you know, first of all, I really enjoy I, I enjoy music from the other Americas. I'm not going to try to I'm not going to pose or posture and you know like I'm some you know private anthropologist. I just always have enjoyed it. You know, I enjoy <laughs> right. I enjoy music that I've heard from Cuba, like Buena Vista Social Club. You know, um, yeah. a lot of different Mexican music that I've heard like over my life. Um, you know, so so anyway, the genre or if you will, the culture behind it was welcome, and they just did a great job with it. So, yeah. yeah. Nice. How about how about with you? Does does your movie have a musical hook? 
Of yeah, course it does. It does. Yeah, it's going to be heavy metal. <laughs> you, you know? You didn't guess that one, did Oh, you? no, I didn't see that coming. <laughs> no, wait, I, by this this time I'm, I'm being sarcastic. I've been told that I suffer yeah. from a sarcastic gap. So, uh, yeah, really. yeah, so, yeah. Never would have guessed. <laughs> um, no, and, and I think it's because, uh, again... There had nothing that there hadn't been. There's nothing done like it before. <sighs> Let me get, get in touch with my Appalachia here for a second. There hadn't been anything like that done before, mm. um, in 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 that scale. I mean, you you'd had animated cartoons with music and stuff like this, but the and then to have the uh, groups that were part of that project lending their music to that. It it it. Yes, it's the whole black light hippie stoner rock kind of guy thing to say, but it, it, I I still enjoy like every once in a while I'll just watch it. It's it's it maybe it is a bit of nostalgia, but I still think it's a great it's a great product. It was well done. It was well intentioned for what it was supposed to be. I think it's hard to capture kind of what a phenomena that was in a time where you know your options of you know of entertainment like that were pretty limited to regular feature movies that you would see at the theater or what you would see most likely on broadcast tv because when that came out cable really was not even that really that widespread or or available exactly exactly so the idea that you would have this uh almost like this slightly art house animation but also really geared toward you know uh like a collection of rock opera and you know you know attracted to a midnight movie cult crowd audience i mean literally a rush a rush fan yeah right right (laughs) Uh, right exactly um honestly it it gets my uh it gets my um um my interest going is the kind of thing where I'll probably go Google it now. Like who, who, who was this person that came up with the idea of how to do this and deliver it? But I'm not surprised you picked it because it, it really is um, more than for what it is, like a really, really uh, cool movie and just conceptually and, yeah. with, and with the soundtrack behind it. Yeah, I, th- I think whether the storylines are good or not, again, it, it becomes compartmentalized so you're not having to spend you're not having to invest the entire time with one set of things right it moves it moves from place to place strung together obviously but it it it, it it's just entertaining i mean there, yeah there's a lot of comment on society and all that stuff and and you know but they're also flexing their animation muscles a little bit yeah so you know speaking of uh Speaking of just make, enjoying the entertaining, I got to tell you that this whole conversation tonight has been more entertaining than I had thought it was going to be. Right. Uh, yeah, no, it's good. But, but you know what? The reason I'm saying this is it really is always good to get into uh, into things both uh, conceptual or just ordinary with you. And um, as it's been exciting doing this for a season. I'm looking forward to what we can get into next. Yeah, I'm I'm already looking forward to season two myself. And and like we said, you you it's not like we're we're running away. We're going to be around. There, there's going to be content, and we're still going to be posting on Facebook, and we're still going to you know be right on. moving out with some Instagram stuff too as well, and trying to up our social media game. Um, you know, merchandise maybe in the future. You never know. You have to keep a lookout for it. So, uh, yeah, we'll see you in season two. as we wrap up this episode, we want to thank those that have chosen to listen. Let your friends know that they can find the Not Necessarily Mad podcast in most places that you find your favorite podcast, including Spotify, 
Apple Podcasts, Google Play, TuneIn, Pandora, and many others, as well as our home at madfamworld.com. You can find a complete list of our podcast outlets, links to things we discuss, photos and extra podcast content on our Facebook page. Search for the Not Necessarily Mad podcast there. Stop by and give us a like. Stay safe.